Welcome back. Uh, we are going to get back into John chapter 7, uh, continuing our study through the Gospel of John. Last week, uh, we saw, as we started John chapter 7, we saw Christ's uh, brothers, his, his flesh and blood, uh, kind of chiding him as they were preparing to go up to the, the it's called here, the Jews' Feast of, the Jews' Feast of Tabernacles. Um, they were kind of chiding him for uh, hiding, for being in secret, and, and we know that that's not the case, that he was simply waiting for his uh, time and purpose as he follows God in everything that he does. He doesn't make a move without hearing from God the Father. Um, today, as we pick up, we're going to see uh, Christ is going to go ahead and send them away. They're going to travel on, and, and then we're going to see Christ in his obedience as a good Jew, as a as a law-abiding Jew is going to go and, and be at that feast, and we're going to see the interaction that happens there. So John chapter 7 and verse number 8 is where we're going to start. The Bible says, Go ye up unto this feast. I go not up yet unto this feast, for my time is not yet full come. When, I had, when he had said these words unto them, he abode still in Galilee. But when his brethren were gone up, then went he also up unto the feast, not openly, but as it were, in secret. Then the Jews sought him at the feast, and said, Where is he? And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him. For some said, He is a good man. Others said, Nay, but he deceiveth the people. Howbeit no man spake openly of him for fear of the Jews. Now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. Uh, we thank you again for this glorious day. Lord, we thank you for the wonderful time down at the park, for the, the word of God that you gave us this morning, the truth. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you would share again truth with us tonight, Lord, that it would uh, enter our hearts, enter our minds, that it would take root and grow, and it would mold us and shape us into those strong Christians that you would have us to be. Lord, that we would not hide our light under a bushel, but that we would be bold and effective witnesses for you, uh, using you, guiding, directing each and every step. So God, please work in us today. Speak to us. Help us to see exactly what you'd have for us and to, to organize our paths, Lord. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Christ sends his brothers away. He says, go ye up unto this feast. And we talked a little bit last week that this, was, this had become the Jews' feast. This was supposed to be the Lord's Feast of Tabernacles, a time when the Jews would go and they, they were all of the male Jews were supposed to go and present themselves before the Lord uh, at Jerusalem. Kind of sounds familiar as we remember the book of Job where there was a time when all of the sons of God were to go and present themselves before God. And that's where uh, God introduced Satan to Job and, and uh, pointed Job out and where Satan was allowed to tempt and, and to, to touch Job's life. But here the Jews, all of the male Jews were supposed to go to Jerusalem and uh, many of... <clears throat> not male Jews, I guess. Many of the, all of the Jews would go and they were supposed to dwell or build temporary booths to remember their time in the book of Exodus where they wandered in the wilderness where when God had brought them out of Egypt and he had provided and cared for them in those 40 years in the wilderness. 
the thing that we didn't talk about last week is that this was a time uh, of great celebration instead of solemn, solemn remembrance. This was a time where the Jews, uh, it has become now the Jews' Feast of Tabernacles because the Jews have now gone and they're, and they're, they're sending uh, gifts, they're, they're sending portions to those around them, they're rejoicing, they're, they're uh, happy and excited. And this was originally supposed to be a reminder of a time that was not good in the life of the Jews. The Jews had forgotten why they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. They'd, in fact, forgotten at this point why they were under Roman rule. They'd forgotten God. This should have been a time of sadness and repentance as they remembered their continued disobedience to God's commands. As they remembered their continued idolatry, their continuing to walk away from the Lord. It should have been a time of sadness and of turning back. Yet this was a time of rejoicing and a time of joy in their lives. But Christ, as an obedient Jew, had, had waited. He is still going, and he does go, but he had waited uh, and gone up in secret. Christ was a lot of things to a lot of people, but he was not disobedient. This was not one of the things. He, he, was, he followed the letter of the law completely. Even in those times where they seemed to contradict in the Bible, where uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees would take uh, issue with the things that he did, Christ was still following the law, the letter of the law completely. So he goes up. <clears throat> he just didn't want to have all the fanfare. He didn't want the people, the throngs of people that normally followed him to take away from what was going on. So he went up in secret and he was able because he went up in secret, he was able to hear and understand the heartbeat of the city, the things that are going on in the city. He had become so well known and influenced so many people, whether good or bad, that they sought him. They, they looked for him. It tells us that the Jews sought him at the feast and, and wondered where he was. And because they couldn't find him, there was a murmuring among the people concerning him. Some said, he's a good man. He will be here. He will, he will do what he needs to do. He obeys the law. He is a good man. And others said yes or said no, but, but he deceives. He's a deceiver. He is not a good man. He's an evil man. And we know that that, that is the divide of all of Jerusalem and all of the Jews as they dealt with Christ. And even as many deal with him today that are, that are Gentiles, that is the divide in our hearts. He's either a good, honest man, the son of God, or he's not. But we need to understand that our opinions don't matter. And these murmurings, as Christ understood them as he was moving in and out of the groups, <clears throat> he understood them. They're not, they're not speaking aloud uh, or very loudly. They're speaking in small groups to each other, but they're not speaking very loudly because they're afraid of the Jews. Because again, in verse number one and verse number two, we understand that the Jews were seeking to kill him. They were disappointed. They they were they were um, oh I cannot remember the word right now. They were offended by what he had gotten done teaching, what he had taught uh, about his body being the the life and his his blood and him sacrificing himself for them and and showing them how they're not they're not worthy because they cannot sacrifice. 
But the answer was right before them, whether he was a good man or not. Christ's desire to remain inconspicuous didn't last long. The Bible tells us that in the midst of the feast, he was found in the temple teaching. Now, he... Well, we'll get into that here in a second. But the cat's out of the bag. And people are gathering to hear this great teacher. Every time Christ stood up and spoke, multitudes gathered. And there were, no doubt, there were others in the temple that were trying to teach. There were other uh, um, rabbis. There were other people trying to, to give what they had gotten from God to the people. But Christ's knowledge overpowered them all. All the people that heard them marveled at his teaching because he'd never been taught. To them, he was still just the son of Joseph, the son of Mary, the carpenter's son. He was not learned. He was not educated. We see that thought again as we go into the book of Acts and, and, and we see his... Uh, the, the apostles and the disciples after Christ has, has been resurrected and has ascended into heaven that, that people take notice of these men because and they, they, they know that they had been that he, they had been with Jesus because they're unlearned men they're illiterate they, 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 they weren't uh, supposed to understand and know the things that they knew. Christ taught with authority an authority that even the scribes and the Pharisees didn't have. He speaks as one who knows, knows beyond the shadow of a doubt. But he was never taught. He doesn't just know it and remember it. He's not just regurgitating facts. He knows it deep inside. And Christ reminds them that uh, reminds them that the doctrine that he teaches is not his own, but the doctrine of him that sent him. Again, he is pointing out that God is his father and that he himself is God. He didn't have to be taught these doctrines by men because he knew them as God. He knew the law. He knew not just the way the law was written, but he knew the spirit of the law. He knew the grace and the mercy of God in, in giving the law. And this is a very important lesson for us to learn. First, we must speak the word. God gave us a more sure word of prophecy. If we turn to 2 Peter 1. Second Peter 1 and verse number 19. This is Peter writing a general epistle to the churches all over. Second Peter 1 and verse number 19 says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye, dwell, ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. 
For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but by holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. We have to understand that this book that we hold in our hands is inspired by God himself. The 66 books, the 40 different authors of the books, all were touched by God and wrote these things at God's will so that we could have them forever in plain black and white. There's no gray area. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. It is simple black and white. Yes is yes. No is no. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. It is a more sure word. We know uh, from our study in the book of Judges that uh, we saw Gideon as, as he was having a conversation with the, the angel of the Lord last week. We understand that he, he's asking, if God be with us, then where has he been? Where is the God that our fathers told us about? Where is the God that brought us out of Egypt, that, that, that cared for us, that did all these mighty miracles? Where is he? Well, for us today, he is right here in this book. And this book demands our respect. It is the authority. The Bible is the word of God and the only word that we should speak. Our entire conversation, our the, the life that we live, uh, the communication that we have should all be around this word of God. Now we, we have to interact. Uh, Rachel every day at least once asks me what I want for dinner and every day I tell her the same thing. I don't know. <laughs> You're not going to find that in the Bible. But in our conversation, in, in the things that we just uh, talk about, it should be what is God doing in our life? What is God showing us through His Word? What those are the things that we should be sharing with the world. That's part of this great conversation that I had down there at the park today was just seeing what another brother is, what God is doing in his life. And being able to share the word. Our opinions don't matter. Our interpretations don't matter. What the, world, what the word says is what the word says. And secondly, we need to seek the answers we need from God. The people that were gathered around, they were hearing the authority. They were hearing the Son of God tell them God's heart. This is where the answers are. It's not Dr. Phil. It's not Oprah. I don't even know who is the new person now. But it's not them. Honestly, it's not Trump. It's not DeSantis. It's not any form of government. It is the Word of God. That is the only answer for what is going on in our lives and how to fix it is in the Word of God and living that Word. When we get the answer from God in His Word, it is something that we can be sure of and that we can put our full faith on. We looked this morning at Gideon as he's taking those first shaky steps of faith. 
he stepped out and he gathered ten of his servants and he went by night and he tore down the grove and he tore down the altar and he offered a, a bullock on a brand new altar that he had built for the Lord all because God told him to. Because that was the command that God had given him. And we're going to look next week as he goes and he, and he puts out the fleece and I don't want to get too far into that message but... but we're going to see a slight difference. And I think that's the point that most people miss is they, they chide Gideon for putting out the fleece and, and asking again and again and again. But we don't see God tell Gideon to gather the army. The Midianites and the Amalekites are coming. They're gathering. They're camped outside of Israel ready to attack. And Gideon takes it upon himself knowing that he is to be the judge, knowing that he is to be the deliverer of Israel, he takes it upon himself to gather the army, and now he's seeking the path to know which way to go. He's not questioning God. He's seeking God's direction. He's looking for the word of God. All the education in the world does nothing more than to confuse what we know should be true. I, I, working for Brother Jesse, we, I listen to, uh, usually I listen to the Bible up front, and he's in the back, and he's listening to uh, one of the, the radio stations out of Fargo, out of the, the college in Fargo, and a lot of times there's preaching, and, and uh, there's a, I can't remember who the man is that preaches right before five o'clock, uh, but we're always really happy to hear him, because that means it's almost five o'clock in time to go home, but uh, he's been, they've been, uh, some of the men have been talking about uh, creation and, and versus evolution and, and why we know that evolution isn't real. We understand that the, the major proponents of evolution are highly educated men that have put their education above God. You have to be taught to think that way. That's not a natural thought process. Once you've... Uh, <clears throat> we also understand that uh, it used to be that a child would learn to read by reading the Bible. This was the primer book. You learned your letters, you, and then you learned how to read, reading the Word of God. It is so awesome to see uh, Malachi and Abraham both who struggled very much in reading putting so much effort into reading on Wednesday night as we're going through our discipleship stuff I look forward to the day when Naomi can sit there and she can read passages out loud to us being grounded in that faith and once you mastered reading then you began to learn what God really meant. You began to learn the repentance, what, re what salvation was, why it was needed. And you began to see that you needed to repent, that you needed to be saved, all from the Word of God. And after that, then we can be taught what prayer and thanksgiving and obedience is from God's Word. All of this is the foundation for a life that is full in Christ. For a life that can be an impact to the world. 
This foundation is sure. It's solid and it can never be broken. It will not let you down. Christ simply stated, my doctrine, the doctrine that I'm teaching is not mine, but the doctrine of Him that sent me. And we're going to get into what He was teaching next week. But He knew it. We need to have that assurance. We need to have that knowledge. That's why we've, we do the, the verse songs and we're doing the memory verses during Sunday school so that we can hide that word in our heart and we can know it beyond the shadow of a doubt. We can believe it. We can stand on it. And it will change us. And it will change the world around us. These people that heard Christ teach were never the same. The people that saw Him on the cross were never the same. So let's strive today to be that person. To live that life that is based firmly on the foundation of the Word of God. We know it's true beyond the shadow of a doubt. And we can be that change. We can be that example to the world.